Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the slippery Will Curran of Endless Events. That man over there is the sincere Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. All right. There we go. <laughs> sincerely adjectives, slippery. Sincerely slippery adjectives given adjectives used. Well, <laughs> you know, I, as we were talking about what the topic for today was going to be, you know, here's what it boils down to for me, and that is... I hate it when we're right. <laughs> it's like, it's like sometimes, sometimes you just hate it when you're right. And, and so, you know, the topic of discussion today is, is kind of a combo platter of a few things that we've been, we've been batting around over the course of the last few months, specifically over the course of the last couple of weeks, as we record this, there's been announcements, several announcements of event tech companies laying off significant portions of their, uh, of their staff. And so, I mean, you've got uh, you know, Bizabo announcing about a 30% layoff. We've got uh, Hubelo and we've got uh, Hopin. Hopin. Uh, Hopin's done a couple of rounds of these. There was a 12% earlier in the year and now another 30% here. This one was like 300 and some employees. Wow. Uh, the, the previous one was around 150 some employees. Um, you know, similar, you know, big, good, good size numbers again for Bizabo as well. And all of this surrounds the conversation that we've been having over these last few months about mergers and acquisitions, about investment in the event tech mm -hmm. community. Um, and it's it's been something that I've been nervous was gonna happen. And we've kind of hinted at over the, you know, over a few podcasts that anytime you see investment money coming in, uh, which we saw a ton of investment money coming in over the course of, you know, during the pandemic years, hundreds of millions of dollars being sunk into event tech companies. Um, at some point, those investors want their money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they mm -hmm. want their money back. And, you know, as we come out of the pandemic and people are doing more, you know, in-person events and the number of online events is starting to reduce, those, you know, the income numbers are coming down and the fastest way to, you know, add money to the bottom line is to lay off staff. People staff are cost. expensive. Yeah. It's the biggest cost in the SaaS business, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And and so here we are, the rest of the industry, you know, the rest of the events industry, of which we've also talked about a lot, mm -hmm. is, is you know, struggling with staffing issues, you mm -hmm. know, they can't get people to come in and work as AV techs or catering or hotel employees. And now we've got the event tech sector laying off hundreds of people, oh, wow. uh, which is like the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I even think about that, though. Maybe there is an opportunity for like restaffing adjustments. Maybe they can move into where there's more work or whatever it is. Um, what's interesting to me about like the last, I think we tried to avoid this topic because we, we've known about this for a little bit and we, we want to just like cover what everyone else was talking about. Sure. But yeah. I think the thing about this that makes it interesting for me is that like, a these are who we know about, right? right. Like these are the people who are publicly posting on LinkedIn or did a press release, or maybe they're even a publicly traded company in some cases, but like there's probably do dozens more that have had to make tough staffing reduction decisions throughout this last year. Um, and, you know, like, I think if I were to make a, a, a thought process around this is that, like, 
your point of like investors want to eventually see a return on their money put if they put a million dollars in they want to get that four million dollars return so if they're looking at that they're not going to ever get that or not going to get it soon enough they're going to really put pressure on on these companies so they're the ones putting the pressure on them to like hey reduce your cost but i think what we're seeing is a delay in the effects that a lot of i think event companies felt at the end of 2021 which like 2021 came back and everyone's like rah, 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 we're going back to in person and then it was like whoa this vaccine thing isn't working out exactly what we thought it would be you know this is going to be a much slower rollout and then i'm sure a lot of event companies because i talked to a lot of them like when omicron hit they were like a lot of people were just like freaked out again oh is this another big wave we got to cancel our events and like we even felt it here at endless and so i, I think it happens is that like a lot of people made decisions at the beginning of this year maybe middle of next last year or whatever it may be 20 in, in 2020 to reduce their headcounts maybe slowly and some maybe drastically i feel like what we're feeling though is that all these other event tech companies have been pummeled with investment money so they got to delay any decisions they got to keep putting the foot on the gas on marketing keep putting the foot on the gas on sales yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. huge amount basically increase their runway so then now what they're seeing though is that like oh we're getting towards the end of that runway, or they see the end of the runway and they don't see any adjustments to it and now they're like we have to make drastic decisions that everybody who isn't vc backed you know in in earlier months had to make earlier yeah, well, and to your point, these are just the ones that we know about. And yeah. so we, we were even talking about on the Event Tech Chat today, uh, which just dropping that we haven't yeah, talked about yeah, that yeah shout outs if, yeah fr every friday uh 9 a.m pacific 12 noon uh, uh eastern uh 1600 utc we do a live event tech chat just folks hanging out and talking event tech uh, eventtechchat.com so check that out uh this was the topic of discussion today there as well um <laughs> as as these announcements came up and so it was a combination of uh you know talking about Yes, these are the companies that we know of, but then some people were privately putting there and, you know, what's said in the event tech chat stays in the event tech chat, so I won't name names, but they know that more are coming. Mm -hmm. And yeah, these are the ones that, that, that have already publicly announced, but there's more coming that we will be seeing in August and September as people start to reevaluate and they start to hit the end of their fiscal year. Um, so yeah, be aware that there's more coming uh, in the event tech world as far as layoffs and things go. But then this thing that we've talked about in the past as well of which means we need to try and have a little grace. I feel like where we're we've been asking the event <laughs> folk, you know, the event planners to have a little grace for like three years now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried that they're starting to run out. Grace, grace is running out. Right. Grace is starting to run out, you know, and this was already an industry, like I said, that's been stressed by understaffing. And, and so, you know, in, in the physical world, and so now that that's potentially starting to spill over into the digital world, into these online platforms and other event tech companies, I, I can't help but wonder how much grace is left in the tank. <laughs> you know, as 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 you know, these these were the companies that 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 had over the course of the last year invested heavily in customer mm -hmm. service and customer support positions, because that's what we were screaming for for the last yeah. three years is we need more customer support. And now all of a sudden they're laying off 30% of their workforce. You know, are we going to go back to where we were in, you know, 2020, where you had engineering folk, you know, handling the customer support, uh, mm -hmm. which is not always the best combination of having the people that are, you know, the ones doing the code also being the, uh, the white glove handholding uh, in our in our tech. 
well, most of these companies are private, so I don't think we'll ever really get a chance to see the data. But I'm, I've, I've definitely seen that it's it's a very weird mix of what who the the specific positions and styles that they're laying off. Like, I see a lot of marketing folks getting laid off because I'm sure that a marketing has been you know going up, but. I've also seen operations people too, which that's not good because that means that they're under capacity or the operations aren't going well or they're not profitable on there. But I more worry that this is the, when I see marketing people get laid off, it usually means that the they just believe the market isn't there, that there just isn't enough demand to to, to do it. They've hit the cap. They've Everybody's aware, you know, like we've done everything we can or we're not reaching the right kind of people or whatever it may be. But like, Usually that doesn't mean that there's still pent up demand that's coming. So it may feel like overall in terms of Ventec, like demand's going down potentially. Well, what, blo the, what, <laughs> what, 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 what blows my mind is that, yeah, you know me, you know, I'm as techie as they come, but I've yeah. never had any illusions that this, you know, this online platform thing was anything other than a bubble that as soon as we started returning to in-person events, um, you know, I, I'm really, I'm honestly thankful for the boost that it gave to that side of the industry. We really did catapult forward, you know, 20 years into the future, 10 years into the future compared to where we would have been, you know, had things just been plugging along. So, I mean, that's, there's a silver lining there of the pandemic in, in the event tech sector, as far as how the technology has progressed. But I, I didn't ever feel like this was anything more than a bubble. And so, you know, as I've done my little graphs, you know, uh, anybody who's seen me, present, you know, I do my little drawings of, of, you know, where I think the number of events are going to line <laughs> up. It's never been that online was going to be this enormous, you know, increase or that it was going to stay the same. It was going to be more than it was before, mm -hmm. but it was never going to be, you know, like billions, <laughs> right? The, 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 you know, the still the primary way that we were going to be meeting coming out yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. And so it's a little frustrating to me, to be perfectly honest, that, that, somehow nobody saw this coming yeah. you know that, that that with the amount of money that was being invested in these companies none of those investors thought that this was going to be a bubble and that come you know three years down the line these companies were going to see business trail off nobody thought it was going to be a problem that instead of five online event platforms like we had at the end of 2019 we've got 305 <laughs> you know online and event platforms so as, as as someone who brews in you know in this space you know not to take a take a, a tip from eventbrew.com event right yeah eventbrew.com <laughs> as someone you know who who's maybe maybe uh percolates or bubbles around in this event space eventbubble.com <laughs> right eventbubble.com you know it's 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 frustrating to me now to see so many people losing their jobs yeah, for sure. because you know because somebody thought that this was going to be an infinite party uh, and or, or something along those lines. I yeah. know it's not that simple. I know there's a lot of higher up folks that are good people that are struggling with these decisions that have to be made. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's interesting to me too is that like a lot of the reasons why these, uh, I, I think at least in the public's eye of things, is that like they won't say that demand is low and that right. they're feeling the effects of, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if they do, then all of a sudden like their investors freak out that they're like, you're not who you are. They're, everyone's talking about the, the looming future of the economy, which is a part of it, right? Like everyone's freaked out. What's a recession? Is it going to be a depression? What the heck does this going to even mean for all of us? But like, I think the thing that I'm really, really worried about is like we basically as an industry, like transformed ourselves 
And then like people are kind of like coming back, just doing the same old, same old that they were doing in 2019. And that was just starting. Like people are now getting the message like, you can't do the same thing, you know, slap on the head. But then we're about to get hit with an economic downturn. Like, is this just going to reset it all back again? Or is this going to like create a new fresher industry a more, you know, uh, you know, more uh, conservative industry in terms of like, uh, you know, not, yeah, not blowing up these companies. And I think we're going to get to the second half of this conversation about what we think is going to happen to some of these companies, but, and as relates to one of Brandt's excellent predictions. Um, But I think that we're just, you know, the really interesting thing about this is like how much this plays in the fact of the economic downturn we're also feeling as well. So we also have to keep that in mind, too, that, that you know, as much as Brant, you're 100 percent right. I think that everyone just blew up too big and everyone got, you know, a little too big for, for probably to their taste. We also are feeling uncertainty as well in the future, too. So, you know, I think we just all have to be prepared for that uncertainty coming hard and fast. It is, and and I think you you make a great point there that to a certain extent, yeah, it's not it's not the demand is down; it's that oh, there's uncertainty in the market, and yeah. you know all yeah. of these other things that are that are the the, the reasons for it. Um, you know, sl- starting to slide into like you say that second half of the discussion of where things are going is. Uh, as we've discussed in the past, uh, the the the, um, the rate of uh, mergers and acquisitions is probably going to continue to go up. So as these companies slash their payroll, uh, it makes them theoretically worth more um, mm-hmm. and uh, more profitable, uh, attractive as an acquisition. Uh, you know, at least to uh, you know either as an acquire where they're hiring the talent and the engineers behind them or actually acquiring the patents, the technology, you know, the the things behind it. But I think it's going to be less likely that the products will remain intact. Like it's going to be like oh, we're hiring yeah. that company, we're buying that company because we want to incorporate technology X yeah. into our technology. And so we're going to yeah. fold that brand, lay off a lot more people and just take the technology that we want and the talent that we want and move on. Unfortunately, I think that's the direction we're going to go as far as the acquisition side. Yeah, there's definitely we're going to hit a cap because like at some point too, like, you know, for example, we'll, we'll use the the classic example of who buys a lot of people is Cvent is like Cvent can't buy Hublot. They, they already do what Hublot does in a lot of ways. Maybe there's a couple of features, but they might then like want Hublot's customers or something like that. Like we're definitely going to hit that cap. We might see like a couple more mergers where like complementary products kind of work into each other as well. Like, Oh, if you don't have a registration arm, we're going to bring in a registration arm, but like there's going to be a certain point where like, yeah, there's there that either a company is going to just have to die and the technology will completely die with it. Or yeah, they're going to AccuHire. I think the AccuHire thing is actually an accurate prediction because like no one wants to see good talent and good market share and good marketing go to waste. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it, a very very interesting point that we're not going to see necessarily like the hop in buy Streamyard so they can do streaming on the inside. Like we're going to see more so like, hey, I have profitability, you have profitability. I want your profit and your customers come over to me um, on there too. Um, do you have examples? That that definitely going to be that kind of acquisition as well. Where do you have examples of that customer list? And it's tough there in recent terms. Been, it's been yeah, like three, there hasn't years. been that I can think of because yeah, so far most of the acquisitions were complementary of mm-hmm. like 
we're going to buy yeah like like the the streamyard example is a great one where it's complementary technology or bizabo even you know yeah. using these these same technologies same companies that we're talking about buying like uh, click and stuff like that where it's, mm -hmm. it's it's technology that rolls into uh, and complements their services but i would not in the least bit surprised over be over the course of the next year if we start seeing competitive buyouts mm -hmm. where where yeah where like a cvent buys you know buys a hubalo or something like that where to 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 basically buy them out of existence interesting um and there's enough diversity in the market still that nobody's going to blink twice as far as antitrust or anything like that it's yeah, going to be yeah. you know because there's there's still 300 platforms out there so yeah. you know it's it's, it's not going to be a, the kind of thing that's scrutinized very deeply unfortunately um whereas you know, competition, I think is great. I love the fact that there's 300 platforms out there. Yeah. And I'm happy to keep taking those demos. Because every time, <laughs> every time I see one, it's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. And you know, everyone is different. And there's just like, there's no perfect, you've heard me say it a 1000 times, just like there's no perfect one perfect in person venue mm -hmm. for any group, there's no one perfect online platform for any group. So I think diversity is great. And unfortunately, you know, boy, I feel like a downer today. I feel like I'm like <laughs> Debbie Downer, just like wah wah. It's Brant. I'm like, it's just a terrible time to be an event tech. I think our jokes are helping us get through the the, the sad times of the of, of the, yeah. the the layoffs and consolidations. Um, I think one interesting what else? thing. Yeah. What else is yeah? What else is the future? So I wonder if we will also see like two part. Um, I'm and I'm curious your thoughts. Is I think we will also see the. I'll just use the best term. It's like fizzling out of some of the smaller players. That if it's just if you don't haven't gotten enough market share, or whatever it is, and like you're super niche, you're doing a million dollars a year or whatever it is, they might just fizzle out um, in terms of it because it's just like, hey, it's just not sustainable enough. Like I think I would love to see super duper niche platforms on here, but at some point, like when you've been running a business for three four years and you're only doing a million and you're barely as a owner, like get it bringing in maybe 90, 80k of of your salary it's like man should i just go work in for another company and make way more money um i think those that sort of thing will happen so i'll start with that one and then um remind me about larger consolidations and maybe that'll trigger my memory sure well on the on the niche side i, I think that's where there's opportunity is is oh. is as we start to look at where can this market go where is there opportunity because there has been room in the market for 300 and some online platforms. The ones that chose to focus, and, and we've talked about this mm, yeah. on the podcast before, and I've written about it, that, that one of the things that was interesting to me at IMAX Frankfurt was that people were starting to say, we specialize in this. And that, you know, all of the other IMAXs in the past where I would go to Vegas and go to that tech corner in the back, it was always, you know, hey, you know, if you had to pick a target market, who would be, oh, no, we're good for everybody. everybody. We're all, yeah, we're good for it. Maybe, maybe the third time you ask, they'd finally give you an answer of, well, we started in medical meetings. This was the first year where they were coming out swinging, saying, we're targeting associations. Yes. We're targeting this market. We're targeting that market. And so that, I think, might be a sign uh, of exactly what we're, what we're talking about here, that there's an opportunity in specialization. Mm. That, that, that there's, I mean, the event industry, as we all know, is enormous. It's so big. That, that people don't even realize how big it is. And so to be able to have 
let's say 10% of all the pharmaceutical meetings that are out there would be a gajillion dollars, you yeah. know, just, yeah. you know, roughly give or take a, a, a gajillion. Market analysis right there. Yeah, exactly. Market <laughs> analysis. So, so I think there is an opportunity there for specialization. There's always going to be room for the juggernaut. There's always going to be room for the turnkey solution that's, that's good enough for everybody. But if you can truly niche in to these markets and say, we're going to serve pharmaceutical user, you know, like, like the equivalent of like a user conference, you know, I don't, I don't know what that equivalent would be, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. really zone in on a specific type of market. I think there's an opportunity there. Okay. I like that one. Okay. I, I'll agree with you on that one. Maybe less. Hey, that, was out then. That, was that was positive. positive. That's very positive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, le less positive. I guess we had to go back to <laughs> less positive again. Um, so I think another potential situation we'll see out of this too, is that I, this is something I, it, have you, have you watched, um, have you watched uh, Super Pumped, the like story about Uber and everything? I have not. I've avoided okay. most of those, like the you know the We Crash, yeah, and the 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 Theranos thing, just because yeah. I no, I've avoided most okay. of those because I don't I don't need to see, you know, basically tech bros <laughs> taking advantage taking advantage of people. <laughs> well, this one makes you feel like you makes you like understand a little bit more. I don't know. I liked it a lot. I like I like business. Like I love the Social Network. I love Steve Jobs like movies. Right. Like I love that kind of stuff. I'm not big into like sometimes the documentaries behind them because I'm like it just depends. But I look sometimes the fictionalization of it, especially when it makes people realize like you shouldn't idolize these founders. Well, anyways, there's there's a scene in there, and if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And so I won't. I'm trying not to ruin it in any sort of way because it blew my mind because I knew a lot about Uber's story and what happened. But I wonder if there's a potential of what we might see out of this too is that, you know, either hedge funds, VC firms, um, maybe one individual with a lot of money decides to buy up or maybe some of these companies decide to combine and merge and share resources, but the brands stay intact 100%. So you like almost say to yourself like, you know, for example, right now, you might be thinking to yourself like Bizabo and Hublot, totally different companies, but they're like, look, we're going to bring these together. They share marketing resources or whatever it may be and uh, operations resources. And then in reality, though, they're completely different brands and different products that you have on there. I wonder if we'll start to see that where there's almost this like sharing of profit and things like that that might end up happening out of this, too. It's an interesting idea. You wind up with like the like the auto automobile manufacturer model where like it's General yeah. Motors. But wow, my Minnesotan came out on that General Motors. <laughs> um, on on and but but then underneath that you've got Chevrolet, Buick, yeah. you know, Cadillac, you know, under underneath that brand. That that's a possibility where the, you could continue to see these things kind of ramble on yeah. uh, as a sub brand. Yeah. And the the example that they use is like uh and like it was is in some country there's like all these like noodle shops and they're all in like the same like line and you literally you go into it and you don't and you, what you do is you like you go in there and you, they all these different you're like how can five noodle shops exist on one single street right next to each other but you don't realize they all using the same ghost kitchen in the back so all the food's coming out of the same place but it's the illusion of choice and the illusion of competition that then allows them to like really dominate the market as well and don't mm -hmm. underestimate the power of brand loyalty you know yeah. that, that that you know I've always been, uh, you know I don't know I've always been an on twenty four guy and so yeah. you know that you know yeah they got bought by somebody else but it's still the same team and it's still the same product you know that kind of thing yeah. I think yeah I think I think and that lends 
some uh, some weight to this uh, the the niche thing that we were just talking about. Yeah. That that as each one of those brands maybe starts to hone in on a target market, you'd be able to say, you know, I as portfolio manager would say, okay, here's the one that we've got that serves the medical meetings market. Here's the one we've got that serves the financial meetings market. Here's uh, the one that yeah. serves the associations meetings market. Uh -huh. So yeah, there's absolutely an opportunity there as well. Uh, Cvent, I know you're listening. Uh, you probably love this idea because, um, so if you want to, you can give me a kick percentage us, for kick this us, idea. Yeah, just kick us a- 1%. 1%, <laughs> kick, kick us 1%. We'll we'll be we'll be good, uh, you know, or uh, or buy us some biscuits someday. Yeah, exactly. Bit, bit, yes. Oh my god, it's been so long since we mentioned the biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy us some biscuits someday, um, and we'll call it good. There's yeah, there's there's, there's some great opportunity there. Um, what else have we got uh, as far as how how this thing is going to play out? Yeah, I I just think it's going to be like a really really interesting time for sure. Like I thought I think like you're you you know I probably ending on the thought that there's going to be some people that just decide like yeah to not consolidate out of it. I think it's going to be really really interesting to see. But I think that like like the I think the probably the last piece that I can think of when it comes to this is that like this also isn't just a loan to event tech too. I think we're going to see the same thing happen to you know all types of event providers across the entire industry because there's just there, there, we went from basically explosion of growth to like drop of growth to like now a shaky ground. Like this is a scary place to be right now in this industry. It's not like a confidence inducing like industry to be a part of. So I think a lot of companies just in general right now are going to be thinking about, you know, what's my future look like? How do I do this? And I think, you know, you know, layoffs in that happened to the industry are terrible like right like no one wants to everyone would love everyone to be at max employment working in most you know seeing the industry grow and all these things like that as well but i think it's also the opportunity too for there to be some reshuffling around right like um you know and i think the best thing that we can do right now is to your one of your earlier points about how other companies have been struggling with staffing is that you know, ideally the companies that were struggling to staff people will pick up these people and we'll see like, instead of a thousand people working at Hopin, maybe there's only 600 people, but those 300 people now are five people at this company, five people at this company, and you'll see the spread of talent. And I think my desire and hope out of all of this is just that, you know, there was a lot of experience gained from it and that there was a lot of learnings that I gave from it. And now that experience spreads across the whole industry rather than just being with whoever has the most VC money in the end. Uh, you, 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 I was going to try and close with a couple of positives and you, you touched on one of them. Yes. Yep. I'm trying. Yep. I'm trying. I'm trying. Trying not to be Mr. Negative, Mr. Wah -wah. <laughs> um, the So, so that's one of them is that yes, all of, all of the folks, uh, you know, that are unfortunately being let go, you know, try and stay in the industry. There's a lot of folks that are hiring right now, and it might mean shifting from the digital world to the in-person world. It might mean shifting from, uh, you know, customer service for an online platform to customer service for a hotel. There's a lot of room in the industry because as we've been talking about, everybody's short-staffed right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there aren't job openings. Um, so, so I strongly encourage all of you folks to, you know, to stay in the industry. You know, you might have to cross some lines uh, between the between the digital world and the in-person world. Um, trust us, you know, we're, we're okay. It's okay to interact with us in person um, <laughs> as, as, as much fun as we are uh, online. So can, I, can I add something folks, on there? Yeah, of course. I think um, one, one part about that that's important too is that like, 
similar to how in 2020, I think a lot of people got furloughed or let go and had gaps in their resume or something like that. Don't be afraid that like you wanted to stay in the industry and you went to go work at a hotel or something like that. But your ultimate goal is to get back into event tech because th this will all solidify and, and the market will recover and everything like that. And, you know, if you had to say that I was part of the layoffs leading up to the recession for this gigantic tech company, and then I decided to go work inside of a hotel as an event manager or customer support or whatever it was like and that but i'm trying to get back into event tech like no one's gonna look down upon you in fact like i might actually have that favored that more because you have such a diverse amount of experience across the industry as well so you know don't assume that like if you're leaving event tech in the events industry that you have to go work at like facebook google like outside the industry and just technology like exposure across this industry and having a wide breadth makes you so powerful i think in this industry Amen. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've railed, railed against in the past are technology companies hiring only technology people oh, and yeah. people who worked at other technology companies that getting a little experience with in-person events and the planning side of things and working with planners more directly is only going to make you more valuable. It's only going to make you more uh, of, a, of a useful and, 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 and I don't want to say valuable again, but you know, I need to get my thesaurus out rather than the adjective generator. <laughs> if only we had but an yeah, adjective. It's going to make you more valuable <laughs> is, is the long and the short of it. And and like to your point, um, both before, during, and after. So, yeah, so, because the hotels need technology people too. Yeah. So, yes, if you go do that, you can still be the tech person. You might, you know, might, you might not be part of your job role or responsibility, but having that technical background is going to make you more valuable to them. And then, you know, having that experience coming out of it is going to make you more valuable to an event tech company on the other side. And then to, to, to shift it into the, uh, the second positive area is what I've been saying for a long time, the event tech companies that are going to be the best positioned coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we're always going to be the ones that were event app companies before that added an online platform component because mm -hmm. their people are, as they go back to doing their in-person events, um, they're going back and using those mobile app companies that were doing it before. So they're not, as hard a hit um, mm -hmm. as these companies that were exclusive online platforms, exclusively online platforms that, you know, were coded, built and created since 2020 yeah. uh, compared to the ones that already had an in-person product um, and are now in perfect position to 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 act as a, as a hybrid link, you mm -hmm. know, being able to have the same chat between in-person audiences and online audiences, being able to offer then the online streaming for the online audience as all part of the same package. So those companies might be hiring, you know, mm -hmm. hiring for customer support, you know, places, hiring engineers. So keep an eyeball on those as well, because I continue to maintain that those are the companies that are going to be the best positioned over the course of the next couple of years, the ones that can do both. It, it makes sense too. Now, in addition to what you're talking about too, is they've also, some of them have gone through 2008 have they've survived 2020 right like they're used to this idea of like preparing for waves and ebbs and flows so you know you might not even hear about their press release that they had to reduce their staff but they were smart to think a little bit more foresight to that like hey we had to do this so instead of hiring a thousand people they only hired you know 100 people or whatever it may be um, and a lot of times these aren't also the super sexy startups so a lot of times too like you know they're just a little bit more you're a little bit slower more consistent a little bit you know slower to act and that sometimes is what you need in this time period right now is it's not 
the hot new sexiness. It's the it's the consistent. It's the uh, you know the slow the slow to action because they are thinking methodi- methodically. Oh my gosh, big words. Um, I'm making it for your thesaurus. They have to think yeah. methodically about what they're doing. So I think that's one important thing too. Is that in addition to what you're talking about, they're not only the best position, but a lot of times too, they might have a little bit more experience dealing with this too. So people who are laid off have faith. Try and stay in the industry. There's plenty of job openings. There's plenty of places that are hiring. There's plenty of places that need help and need technology people. Um, If you can't find anything in the industry and you want to stay in the industry and you need help, check out Uh, Mm searchfoundation.org. So that's going to be a for event people, by event people, uh, people in need, a place to go if you need help uh, as far as monetary resources or uh, uh, mental health resources. Um, uh, Check those people out. But we want to keep you. Stick around. There's plenty of jobs for you. On the planner side, we know we've asked for a lot of grace <laughs> over the course of the last three years. Please, please, please continue to try and understand that people are going to be understaffed, um, maybe working outside of their primary discipline where you've got incredible audio folks, you know, plugging in HDMI cables uh, and doing video work for the first time because they're the only people that are around. So continue to do your best. Go back and listen to the episode uh, that we talked about uh, when we were talking about the brain drain, uh, Mm -hmm. where we talk about riding the fine line between grace and I need to cover my butt and, (laughs) uh, um, you know, and, 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 um, maybe get some money back <laughs> between <laughs> under, understanding inexperience and not forgiving incompetence. Yes. Um, it's a it's a fine line sometimes. So please go back and listen to that episode as well. Is there anything else we want to tack on to this or have we have we pretty much nailed it? I'll add one more episode too. I think it's the state of event technology staffing or state of events technology labor or something like that is the name of the episode we did like maybe a month or two ago too where we talk about this a little bit further too is yeah, just continue to look, look at those episodes too. And um, I'll add one more thing too for anybody who's listening out there who is yeah i lost their job recently or anything like that too is like don't hesitate to reach out to the community i see it all the time on linkedin that people are like i'm just so glad i told everyone that i was looking for a job people reached out they checked in with me like reach out to your communities reach out to whatever it is and just say hey i'm here to do it and like i'll give an example is that i saw someone who had been laid off um, from uh, one of these event technology companies and i was just like you probably need immediate income let me give you a quick i have a, i have a contract role i need like just just to be done a job project to be done right away i can help like be that bridge for them while they're continuing to look for that full-time job if that's what they want to do or maybe i end up being their first client towards them becoming a contractor as well so you know those opportunities always exist on there too but like i would have never seen it had that person not put themselves out there so shout outs to you exactly yeah don't be shy and and this this community as it has for for decades now that I've been in it, is always willing to try and help those. What's 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 the line from Harry Potter? I'm just like you know, it's always willing to help those that are willing to ask or something. Yeah, like uh, that. yeah, yeah. What is it you like know, uh, in the in the Gryffindor? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh, you're what's always, the quote? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, All right. exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you know what we're talking about, let us know. Event Tech Podcast on the social media on Twitter, Event Tech Podcast, or send us an email, uh, Event Tech Podcast at helloendless.com. And yeah, and, and let us know too, like if, if you if you want to get involved in this or where you need help, like to reach out to us and, you know, we can bring you on as a guest if you got some knowledge that you want to drop. If you, you know, there's tons of opportunities out there or we might even know people who can, you, we can help you out. So don't hesitate to reach out to us too as part of your network. 
Well, all right, hold on there, folks. We, got, we, 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 we were done. This episode was in the can. It was, it was all recorded. Done. We were completely done. Our predictions were solidified. And, and we, yeah, our predictions were in, and it's, we should have known better than to try and predict the future, <laughs> Well, because literally just a few days after we recorded this podcast, all of a sudden, Twine comes out of nowhere and says, okay, not only are we not laying people off, we're actually, they just closed a bunch of funding. And so it here is. we are in an environment where people are, 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 are pulling back on their funding and Twine comes out and says, okay, we're getting investments from Zoom Ventures and about four or five other uh, investment companies. Now, terms are undisclosed. Could be mm -hmm. 10 bucks a piece, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's no, probably not. Valuation is. It's yeah. probably not. Um, so it's not interesting. So, so it's not all doom and gloom out there. Yeah, I think it just gives a little bit of hope that there is some some good stuff still happening. And also, I think it, it reminds us, too, that, you know, as much as we try to create macro trends to justify our feelings and how we're seeing things now, it also everybody's a different case scenario. You know, like some people might be going through the the scenarios that we were talking about in the episode differently than others. And, um, you know, it, it all depends. And, and, and this again, like I think we mentioned, too, like that's who we know about who's publicly talking about it. So right. there's tons and tons of stuff out there, too, that no one's talking talking about um, as well. And I think just the important thing is that um, for anybody out there is to like stay focused in your world and just do the best that you can. And that's really the best you can do. But don't try to let too much of the outside world affect your uh, your uh, your energy levels. And uh, yeah, you're because yeah. anything's possible. Anything's possible. And I think it is. I think it is interesting. The only other thing I'll kind of add on this is that you know, Lawrence has been around. He's, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's been around the block. He's already had a successful company and sold it. There was investment rounds involved in that. So he knows how this stuff works. And, you know, as opposed to maybe somebody who, you know, built an event platform and then got a bunch of outside investment and, you know, oh, now, you know, the, the I don't know, the chickens are coming to roost or whatever metaphor you want to use. But, you know, but Lawrence, on the other hand, he's been around. He's done this before. He knows how Silicon Valley works. He knows how VCs work. He knows how, you know, how to do a pitch um, and uh, is, is kind of coming out of nowhere to to uh, suddenly say, hey, look, look, we got we got more. We got more runway going here. That's true. That's true. Well, it also says something about Zoom's confidence in the product yeah. as well, and that, that Zoom true. is uh, seeing themselves as a player in this as as well. It will be interesting to see what Zoom what Zoom does over the next course of the next couple months too. So we'll 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 end up seeing. But you know, I think people's need to video conference is probably not going away anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> probably not. All right, so we just wanted to acknowledge that. So so thanks for everybody for hanging out uh, and listening to this extra little appendix that we'll uh, we'll put on uh, here at the end of the episode. So event tech really out. Seriously out. Seriously out. Watch this. going to be like Seriously one more out. <laughs> Seriously out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.